Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. This is uh, certainly a turbulent world, and I know that it is very easy for us to become discouraged and disillusioned. And yes, I know I've said that before, but the reality is that um, we have much to be grateful for, and we certainly have much to look forward to. The, the fields are truly white for the harvest. And, you know, if our primary focus is telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, if the gospel message is going out there, and by the way, the gospel message, which means good news, is only good news if you accept it. <laughs> if you don't, it's really, really bad news. Because, unfortunately, so many pastors and teachers today would like to gloss over the heavy side and gloss over the side, you know, God is love, right? And God is love. That is one of his attributes. But you know what? He's also got wrath. And you don't want to stand in front of an angry God. And so the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ can't be suppressed. It never has been able to be. Now, today we have a lot of men behind pulpits who want to change the gospel to something that it is not, that this easy believism, it doesn't matter, you know, you can believe in anything, and it's not going to make a matter, uh, any difference at all. But saving faith is saving faith because it's placed in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And to believe that is more than a superficial understanding that Jesus was who he said he was. The devil believes and his minions and they tremble. And so it's more than that. When we say we believe, it's putting our faith, our hope, our trust in the person of Jesus Christ to deliver us from where we are, which is hellbound, to the grace of Jesus Christ to where we are heaven-bound, no matter what happens to us. And so I've got a friend of mine on today. He's well acquainted with the mission, and he's a pastor of a ter uh, his own church. Well, it's Jesus' church, but Jesus let him borrow it for a while. His name is Tony Irons, and Tony, uh, could you tell us what church you're the pastor of? Well, we're at Folsom Bible Church, which is a church plant January of last year, so we're 15, 16 months old, um, and so we hope the God will use us to establish the gospel in that area, and yeah, we're blessed to be here. You also uh, teach out of the seminary, do you not? Yes, sir. We're, uh, we're at Cornerstone Seminary, which is in Vallejo, and I've been there, I think, 12 years now, and so it's been a great blessing, and so... We just had a graduation last weekend, and so all, all our guys so far, as far as I know, are all in full-time ministry, every single one, and so we're very blessed by that, and so, yeah. So as I introduce you to my friend, I want you to know who he is. So let me ask you something. Is the Bible the inerrant word of the living God? <laughs> 
Well, it claims to be, and so we just believe what it says about itself. Amen. Right? It's God-inspired. Is there any other way into heaven besides Jesus Christ's redemptive power? No, sir. There, he says himself that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No That's man right. comes to the Father but by him. That's right. There is no second way. There is no second time. There's no chance for you outside of this life. You can't, if you do not come and do not place your, your faith in Jesus Christ here in this world, do not look for a second chance afterwards. Amen. And so uh, one of the things that I love about the people at the mission, every pastor that we've brought in, every person that claims the name of Christ is that we understand a few basic things. Now, uh, I may not be the sharpest crayon in the whole box, but I can tell you this. I know that Jesus Christ did and said and was exactly who he said he was. I also don't care much for when people say, well, God is there just to forgive us of our sins. Okay, well, first of all, he is there, and we are here to give glory and honor to God, correct? Amen. And so then the other part of that is that when you really do have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, guess what happens? He doesn't just say, okay, everything you did was all right. You're just forgiven for it. No, because he declared that the penalty for sin was what? Death. Death. And so there's only one way to appease a death sentence, isn't there? By dying. So Jesus Christ, his son, willingly went to the cross, not just so we could be forgiven, but to pay the penalty for our sin that all who will believe will have eternal life. And then, amazingly, he took his righteousness and he put it onto us. Because I can't be righteous unto myself. No. So how about you, my friend? What is your story? How did you come to, to know Jesus as Lord? Well, the short version is I was uh, a dirty, rotten sinner for 30 years. I wasn't raised in church and actually was uh, in hot pursuit of whiskey. Uh, and uh, that was my favorite pastime, you know, and so... We worked on ranches throughout Wyoming and Montana, and that was that was what you did, you know. On Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you just tied one on and got it after it, and went back to work, and that was just my life. But the problem was, I was married and had two children, um, it, and so when I was saved, my oldest boy, I believe, was nine, and my youngest was eight when I was saved. When I was thirty years old, long story short, of course, is I was taken to a cabin by the manager of the ranch I was on, who was an elder of a local church there, and he took me up to this cabin in February of 1992. It was about 30 below zero, because we're in south-central Montana. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're about an hour and a half north of Yellowstone Park in what's called the Crazy Mountains of Montana. And so he took me up there, and uh, I was building a fire in the cook stove there. He went out and came back in with a sack lunch and a Bible and, and basically said, you need to read this. And he laid out for me what to read. I wouldn't know what to read. And he left me there. This is first thing in the morning. And he didn't come back till about 4 in the afternoon. So I was there for about 7, 8 hours. Um, and you can't walk out of there. there you're, it took an hour to drive there, and it's 30 below zero. and So you're not going to walk out of there. So I was stuck in this cabin. 
I ate the lunch first. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, the Bible seemed to be in my mind getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I finally said, well, God, if you're real, I want to know who you are. And as I look back now, I know that what he had had me to read was known as the Romans Road. Yes. Right? 323, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so I read that. And as I was interacting with that text in my mind, I had no problem with being called a sinner or even being a sinner. In fact, I worked really hard to be a sinner. Had no problem because I didn't know what the next verse was, which was 623, which the wages of sin is death. Yeah. And so that sobered me up mentally a little bit when I read that, that I just acknowledged that I'm a sinner and I really like to sin, but now I'm, I'm learning that the wages of sin is death. And I knew it was more than just physical death, but it had to do with eternal death. Somehow I knew that. And so as I, that kind of just brought me uh, a little so, sobriety in my mind. And then, but then, then the next verse I remember reading was Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I had never heard that before that I know of. I don't remember ever hearing that. And so I, I learned, you know, that Jesus Christ took my place and that he died in my stead and I was stunned by that. And, you know, as crazy as it seems today, looking backwards, that's all I remember reading and all I remember thinking on. But I was there seven or eight hours. And so when he came back to get me and picked me up and we're driving home and, and all I could think about are these verses. Well, the next morning I was in a tractor. It's wintertime, so you go to where the hay yard is and you get hay, put it on a wagon, and then drive out where the cows are and you pitch hay off a wagon to feed the cows because the snow is so deep. But in the tractor is this radio, and he, the, the manager must have put it on a Christian radio station because when I got in there, it was 8 o'clock in the morning. I know that because that's when J. Vernon McGee, his 30-minute station, his yeah, show was Through on. the Bible Through the Bible. Years. Yeah, the Bible bus. Well, the first time I ever heard him was that day, next morning, and he, by God's providence is explaining the Romans road, what I just read the day before, and he's, but he's explaining it out to me. About halfway to this, I can take you to the exact spot on the road on the ranch where I stopped the tractor, and I opened the door and kicked my dog out because she always rode with me, and I got on my knees right there in the cab of that tractor, and I said, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for my sin. I no longer want to live for me. I want to live for you. Amen. And I knew then, I just knew, I was forgiven. I was forgiven of my sin, mm -hmm. and, and it changed me, right? Um, about 30 days later, uh, through a lot of different conversations and different things, my wife in the same tractor was brought to faith by God's sovereign grace, and she gave her life to Christ in that same tractor about 300 yards down the road, right? Um, so that summer, so that's March, February, March of 1992, in the August of that same year, my two younger sons by that time had uh, professed faith in Christ. So we all got baptized together in this lake that was just above freezing in August. I mean, in, in Montana up there, it's, yeah. <laughs> water's freezing. But anyway, that's so after that, God saved us. Very soon after that, I went to Montana Bible College mm -hmm. um, and started to study um, my first class was theology proper, the study of God, and I was, oh, 
Uh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. And I went four years Bible college and then went to Master Seminary in Southern California for four years. And now I'm in Folsom after 20 years of being a pastor in Northern California. Not too bad for a ranch hand, huh? Yeah, God, God's grace is on display, huh? It, it is on display, <laughs> and he calls us from all different walks of life and calls us to one faith, one God, Amen. delivered to us for forever. And so uh, that's amazing. Uh, how did you first, and we may have talked about it the last time you came on, but what actually brought you to the mission? What, what, uh, how did you first find out about us? That's a good question. Um, I think the interest was there was uh, on the radio years ago when I was in Montana as a saved person, I used to listen to... Uh, Unshackled? Unshackled, mm -hmm. yes. And that's the only connection that I had with a mission. Mm -hmm. And so I remember either driving by the mission or I saw a sign or something, and my connection was unshackled. And I always wanted to minister to people that were on mm. the streets and then down sure. and out. You know, I, I, I just always wanted to. And so I never was in a city situation Right. Right. Where I ministered, it was rural, very rural. And so it's a very different type of ministry there. So when I had a chance to come to here, and I, I think I met uh, the director or whatever Jeremy's name, whatever that oh, position he's the is. Operations, operations manager, manager. Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. So I met him, and, and somehow, the I know I met him at a conference somewhere, and he told me what was he was doing. Was it a biblical? Uh, so something like that. Yeah. 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 It was. Uh, yeah, I can't like ACBC, something the like biblical that. counselors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he got to tell me what he did and where he did it. I said, "Man, that's so." That's how I showed up, and uh, and of course, uh, I've, I've had the privilege of teaching some classes there. Our Folsom Bible does uh, Friday night services there once a, a month. And you, uh, you have come and spoken on a Friday as well. Friday mornings, yeah, yeah to your which staff is great. and guys. Oh, we love. I love it personally. Um, yeah, I just love going there. And uh, what's a blessing, brother, is uh, this Friday night is, is our turn, you know. And my people talk about it and pre prepare for it all month long. And yeah. so like tonight, we're going to be practicing music for that service. And so God has given me people who care about it as much as I do. So. Amen. You know, I don't know if you if you know, but I've been director now for 18 years. But before I was director... For many years, I volunteered coming down there. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I had the same experience. It took me close to an hour to get there on a Saturday night because ours was the fourth Saturday of every month. So we also had Christmas and New Year's and Christmas Eve and all those kind of things, right? And so on a Saturday, you've been working hard at home and Oh man, now it's time. I got to get ready. I got to get down there. And there's a little bit of that. Oh man, I'm tired. I got to drive all the way down there. I, I don't know if I feel up to it. And this is the same routine I went through like every single time, right? And But then when you go there and you are preaching to them or you're servicing these folks out there, and the next day at church, you're you're up, you know, because now you've been infused again. 
and leaving the mission to head out. And I, like I said, I lived a ways from there, and the church that we were coming down with uh, was a ways away. And so uh, I've been I I've been pastoring a long time. Uh, matter of fact, I have been at the church that I was at for 22 years as a pastor there. And uh, so to your point, there's something invigorating about coming. And you know what? Misconceptions. I didn't grow up around a lot of homeless folks, didn't know a lot about it. Uh, remember 30 years ago coming down and I was going to deliver a message or whatever. And I was talking to God on the way down. My wife and I were driving along and and I was thinking, okay, I know that they're probably not bathed and stuff. And so if somebody wants to shake my hand, I don't care how dirty it is, I'm a, I'm going to shake their hand. And so God, being God and having a tremendous sense of humor, that's probably why I'm saved, uh, is just to display his sense of humor, right? So I get there and I'm praying and this couple comes forward and they are they are dirty, really, brother, you know. And so I got my hands on their shoulders. They got their hands on my shoulders. We're praying. They're crying. Tears are rolling down the edge of my thing uh, face because I'm overwhelmed by them. And at the end, they both threw their arms around me. And honestly, I remember thinking, funny, God. <laughs> and, you know, almost every time I went down, Somebody had to put their arms around me, and it was a it was a culture shock for me. You know, I I was used to years of getting getting dirty with machinery and stuff. I was a commercial air conditioning guy, but human stuff is different, right? And interacting with people sometimes. But you know what? Again, not just as director, but I've been blessed from the first time I came down there, brother. So I understand what you mean. Uh, it's an amazing place. It is. So, uh, it is. and yeah, Unshackled wasn't ours, but it was a Union Gospel mission out of New Jersey, I think, is where it came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the same mission, I believe, that uh, that Billy Sunday, who is a baseball player and a, a horrible pagan— you know, he just, he drank and he did all those things. And he really came to make fun of the singers and stuff. My understanding, if I'm wrong, please, cards and letters. Oh, that's all right. You can send them. But uh, what happened was he heard the word of God. And a few nights later, he wanted that. He wanted it so much. He was a, a pretty famous baseball player at the time. They wanted him to continue baseball playing, and he wanted to. And they said, but you got to play on Sunday. He said, nope, never played another ball game again. Committed. And that's what it is when God really gets a hold of you, right? You get committed. Amen. So I'm sure that how long have you been going down with the church? I think we started this January. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were trying to get. You know, trying to get churches that really wanted to dive into the Word of God. Yeah. And it's fine to tell people, well, if you need to be saved, 
you know, you could do this. And yeah, you could walk down the Romans road. That's an old Baptist thing we've always done. But the bottom line is they need to understand why they need a Savior. Amen. You had to know first you that you lost. were lost. Yeah, you got to get lost first. Yeah, you, you go dive into an ocean and grab a guy who's drowning or is about to drown and doesn't know he is, and you grab him by the neck and haul him to the shore, he's liable to peg you. Yeah. But if he understands he's caught in a riptide and he's going to die, yeah. he's pretty happy to see you, right? Yeah, he's going to move next to you. So, uh, at any rate, uh, so your church, you said you planted it about 18 months ago, or? Yeah, January of 22. Yeah, uh, what what prompted you to come? Well, uh, my youngest son was, uh, we were in a rural church where we were, and as rural churches go, the, you know, the, the number of young people come and go, Right, and so he was uh, the one of the only kids his age, and we were out away from town, and he just saw it started to wear on him, and sure. and he was getting mid-teens, and so uh, that started a process of saying, Lord, uh, what, we need to get him out of here. Um, what's that going to look like? And so I was meeting with our elders and just all of that. Long story uh, short, we moved over to Folsom so he could go to school the last two years of his high school. And in the meantime, I was um, commuting back and forth to Potter Valley uh, to to keep pastoring there. And so the goal was get him graduated and off, and then we'd move back to Potter Valley. Um, and as it came about, um, we started to see the need of gospel ministry, and so we... Uh, we're thinking about planting. And then in God's providence, my youngest son died from a fentanyl lace pill. And that just kind of cemented why we would stay here. And um, and now we, uh, we're we just kind of embedded here in Folsom. And we'll see what the Lord does. Well, you know, that's the amazing part. Uh, we don't always see. Paul wanted very much to go to Rome. And he, as in his words, he was hindered from doing that. But one day, in irons, they dragged him where? Mm -hmm. To Rome, the place he wanted to go. But, you know, in all our lives, there are moments of brokenness that change our, our trajectory, if you would say. And now your son was a saved individual. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, God knows. Here's the good thing. The good <laughs> thing that I've told many people, uh, I've done a lot of memorial services, if they've heard the gospel. There's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Well, I have one minute. Can I get you to stay for another show? If uh, until you unlock the door, I'm stuck here. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, listen, all you folks out there, I, I would really appreciate it if you would tune back in next week because... Uh, Tony is a man that I can tell you, you can see it written all over him, that loves God. And that is the primary thing that it takes to be successful in ministry. And by successful, I don't mean rich. I don't mean big churches. What I mean is that you can reach those that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
And if there's only one of those that ever hears that, that's success. And so until we meet again, as always, my dear friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.